Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Okay, welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I'm the host of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. This is going to be part two uh, to the last episode uh, communications case study for 2011 Buick Regal. So I was excited to see what everybody had for ideas of where they would go. Uh, but now I'm going to fill you on where I went with this. So just to give you a quick recap, at this point, I had just plugged in the old BCM that was sitting there just to see what would happen. I have the same communication codes in the EBCM, analog brake control module, as I did with the new module, which has me concerned, but I also have some LIN bus codes as well. And I have also realized that my power windows are not working at all. You hit the switch, nothing happens with the front driver and passenger window. They don't go up and down. So where do you go with this? You've got multiple problems. You got quite a few different issues. Again, I'm, I'm concerned about this EBCM code and I'm wondering about these windows and the LIN bus codes that are in the BCM. And one piece of advice I got when I was a young tech that has really helped me a lot of times, especially when it comes to electrical problems, especially when it comes to electrical problems. This probably pertains to them more than anything else. But if you have a number of symptoms, you have a number of things going wrong, even if it's just two or three, which in this case, it really only is a, a couple different issues, the EBCM code that I'm concerned about, but also the LIN bus, pick one. Maybe pick one that you know you can solve, maybe the easiest, or maybe the one that's the hard fault, or whatever it may be. But just pick a path, go down it, figure out what's wrong with the one problem that you can identify, and you're most likely going to find the problem. You're going to find out what's causing all of the problems. This doesn't work out all the time, but in most cases, again, especially with electrical, you'll find that... Things are related even when you don't think they necessarily are. And this is a perfect example of that. So I decided at this point, okay, I'm really not sure about this EBCM code. Maybe there's something going on there. But I want to look into these LIN bus codes. I want to see what's going on there. Because I didn't have these codes before. And I feel like maybe if I can identify what's going on here, I can maybe condemn the old BCM or find out what's going on. So I go down that path. I decide to chase these LIN bus codes to see what's going on at the windows. Again, you hit the switch and nothing happens on the passenger and driver's side. And if you look at the window motor circuit, which again, the window motor and the driver's door control module, which is the switch, are actually two separate modules, but they're all on this LIN bus. These modules operate pretty simply. They have a LIN bus communication that's shared with the BCM, where the BCM is the master of this LIN bus, and there's power and grounds to them. It's, it's actually a very simple circuit. And so really, the things that I need to check on this are power and ground to these modules. They're both not working, and the LIN bus itself. 
So I decided to scope the LIN bus coming out of the BCM. And there is a 0 to 12 volt square wave coming out of the BCM, at least at the BCM. Okay, that's one thing. So now I think I need to go to the modules, check for power and ground, and see if the LIN bus is connected at that point. So I go to these modules. I pick the driver's door first, and I have my LIN bus communications. I have a ground, but I do not have a power. I quickly go over to the passenger side. I also don't have a power at this module. And actually where I was checking as a connector in the door jam, but close enough. I don't have power to that point, so I don't really worry about what's going on beyond that. Why do I now not have power here? This power comes from the underhood fuse block on a red and yellow wire that comes from a 30 amp fuse, goes from the fuse box down to the firewall, and then under the dash, and then to a splice that tees off to go to both modules. Okay, so, okay, let's go check this fuse. Fuse is good, it's intact. Actually, it looks like it's been replaced, but either way, it's intact. Check underneath the fuse box because sometimes rodents can get in there, corrosion can happen, I pop it up, everything looks good. I have power on the wire coming out of the fuse. I should mention I did have power on the fuse as well, but I had power on the wire coming out of the fuse going into this big harness. I look at the big harness, and it's all taped up. It's all intact all the way to the firewall, maybe about a foot of harness before it gets to the firewall. But it's all there, and it doesn't look disturbed. doesn't mean that you know that that's, there's not a problem, but you, you never know. So I go under the dash, I take a look at where this harness enters, and you can barely see it way up under the dash, but everything, again, looks like it's intact, doesn't look like there's any been any disturbance or anything like that. So I decide what I wanted to do here was I need to determine where this wire is broken. Because again, I have power coming out of the fuse box, but for some reason it's not getting to the door jams. And there's a T in there somewhere. Now, if you look up this T, if you find the actual splice number on the wiring diagram and you put it into the electrical components list, it says passenger compartment. Oh, okay, great. That's super helpful. <laughs> I'm really going to be able to identify where that splice is by passenger compartment. So, what I really want to do is try to get an idea of where this wire is broken. Is it broken before or after the splice? Now, here's my plan. I'm going to jump power to the driver's side door jam. Okay, I'm going to actually pierce this wire. And I do pierce wires, but I fix them when I'm done. I'm going to pierce this wire, and I'm going to jump power to it, and I want to see what happens. Now, here's my expected results. If I jump power to this wire, now I'd expect the driver's side door module to work, which it did. But if the passenger side module also works when I jump power to this, think about this wire is a T. We have power coming from the underhood fuse block. It tees, it goes in two different directions. It goes to passenger and driver. If I power up the wire at the driver's side door module or the window motor module and the passenger side also works at that point, I know the break is before the T because that means that the T, at least at that point, is still intact connecting drivers and passenger side together. If 
the driver side only works and the passenger side doesn't, it pretty much means it has to be broken at this T, at this splice. So it's going to help me identify where I need to go. Do I need to look for a break before the splice or do I need to find the splice? Well, in this case, the driver's side window actually started operating. It needed to be calibrated, but it moved. I hit the switch and the window moved. Okay, now I try the passenger side and nothing happens. Again, I am jumping power to this red and yellow wire, which supplies power to my window motors at the driver's door jam. And my driver's side works, my passenger side does not. It's broken at the splice, at the T, because the power should backfeed to the passenger side if the T was intact. I know it's not. So guess what? I got to find this splice inside the passenger compartment. Thanks, service information. But that's the way it goes sometimes. So let's use some deduction and reasoning. I follow the harness, see where it goes. Again, it goes underhood fuse block through the firewall and down below the firewall. And then if you follow it, it goes behind the carpet and then it actually travels downwards underneath the driver's side kick panel into a main harness that runs along the actual bottom underneath the carpet on the metal portion of the unibody down real low and i'm starting to pull up the carpet to follow this harness to see if i can find out where this splice is and all of a sudden i find what i'm really looking for here I find some green crusties where there was some water intrusion in this vehicle. I think uh, Keith DeFrazio of New Level Auto says, find the water in the European vehicles. Well, this, is not, this one's not European, but it, uh, it did have some water in it at one point. It wasn't real wet when I got to it, but there had been some water intrusion. And at this splice... The whole harness had been submerged in water at some point or another, but the splice was susceptible to the water the most. The water had a way to get into the connections and actually corrode away the wires. So again, this red-yellow wire comes in, goes to a T. At that splice, water had gotten in, corroded, and basically broke those wires. So now we don't have power to the windows. Well, I get to this point. I see this and I'm like, okay, well, great. I can fix these windows, but is that going to necessarily fix my communications code with that my EBCM has? Is that, that really, it doesn't seem like it's going to solve everything, but a visual inspection is very important. And you really got to look once you find one green crusty, you want to see, do I have some other green crusties? And I look and Again, all the wires that were fully insulated, you know, they're not broken anywhere. They had signs of water intrusion, but none of them were damaged. But at the very bottom of this harness, there was another splice. And I wasn't quite expecting to find this, but I did. Again, you follow one problem with electrical when there's multiple issues, and you usually find the cause of all of them. Well, I found the cause of all of them here. Here's what it was. There was a white-blue wire that came into a T, another splice, separate circuit, but very close to, maybe just a couple inches away from the splice that for the power windows that I found broken. Well, this one was also corroded just as badly. And I grab it, I'm like, white, blue, white, blue, what, what's, what's this circuit for? It's not a CAN bus. The CAN bus is actually a blue and then a white wire, two different wires, but this wasn't a CAN circuit. 
And then it struck me, oh, this is the ignition wake-up circuit that I was dealing with. Uh, if we think back to the other episode when I had no communication with the EBCM, fuel pump control module or parking brake control module, they needed power on an ignition wake-up circuit in order to talk to all the other modules. I was like, well, okay, maybe this is that circuit. Well, here's the deal. When I touched this splice, it fell apart. I mean, it was one of those things where you look at it wrong and it's going to crumble. And as soon as that happened, I had my Autel hooked up and I lost communication with all the modules that I had before. Fuel pump control module, EBCM, parking brake control modules. What had actually been going on is at this splice, there was a little bit of connection, all right? And the fuel pump control module and the parking brake control module were getting their ignition wake-up voltage, or at least enough to come on and be online. At this T, this splice, it went one wire from BCM, one wire back to the back of the vehicle for parking brake control and fuel pump control. And then the other side of the T, the other side of the splice went up to the EBCM. And what I believe was going on is there's so much corrosion. I mean, this thing was all full of green. There's barely any metal left. I think there was some voltage drop occurring to the EBCM. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to recreate it. I was never, I never did check what the voltage was at the ignition wake up for the EBCM because if we go back to the first episode, the first part of this, I put the fuse in that the tech had removed and everything worked great. So I never did check that ignition wake up at any of these modules. I just assumed it worked because, well, the modules didn't talk. I put the fuse in. That circuit must be good. Well, it wasn't. And here's how I verified this. I stripped back all the wires on this white blue wire at this T and I just twisted them together real quick because I want to see is this going to fix all my problems well it did as soon as I did that and I made a I, I jumped the wires for the power window so now my ignition wake-up circuit is all intact my power window supply circuit is all intact everything works everything's great uh, my power windows work I have to do the calibration okay great that's easy up and down with the buttons but my EBCM doesn't have that invalid data code in it anymore, which I think is the strangest thing because it was awake. It was talking. Now, why it was talking, I'm really not sure. Again, I, I wish I would have been able to test it before I touched that splice, but I didn't. Were we dropping all voltage to the EBCM on that wake-up circuit? And was it talking for another reason because other modules were online? I don't know. That might be a stretch. Were we dropping some voltage on that wake-up circuit and the EBCM decided to set a BCM code for that reason? I, I really, truly, honestly don't have a great answer for why the symptoms presented themselves the way they did. But I know once I connected that wire... Once I actually had the ignition wake-up circuit functioning correctly, now the EBCM was happy with its data from the BCM that it's getting what it needs. And I'm hoping to get another vehicle. This one I didn't have a whole lot of time to mess around with. I'm hoping to get another vehicle in the near future that has one of these wake-up circuits that I can mess around with. I want to pull the wake-up circuit from the EBCM and see what codes does it set? Does it even wake up at all? Because that would be my thought. If I 
didn't have a wake-up signal, I would be thinking that this EBCM shouldn't be online at all. Does a voltage drop on that circuit cause it to get upset with the data from the BCM? Very, very strange stuff. Uh, network stuff can get confusing, but this is how I tackled this one. Again, I wasn't really sure where to go with my U0140, but I did have that LIN bus code. And I'm glad if it had just been that network wake-up wire, probably wouldn't have been a little tougher to find, but I, uh, I, had, I had some help from that slice being in a similar location. As far as how the water got in there, uh, this thing has a sunroof. I told them to check the sunroof drains, check the windshield for leaks. Pretty common stuff to get water intrusion in the vehicle. That's, that's up to the shop to figure that out, but I did find the source of the problem. Again, just jumping all those, those two T's together, car came back to life, everything worked properly. The splices need to be repaired properly, but then it can be out on the road ready to go. So that's the case study. That's how we fixed that one. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that one. And again, maybe it took me a little bit longer than it would have taken you, but I thought it was pretty interesting. I enjoyed uh, working my way through that one. And hopefully you did as well. So uh, once again, thank you for so much for listening. Hopefully you tune in again soon. We'll have another episode out on Monday. And uh, we hope to see you then.